All right, so I want to read um, to you um, from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And so I just want you to, I want you to listen, listen carefully to, to this passage. From there, Jesus set out and went on to the region of Tyre. He entered a house but did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syro-Phoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the little children, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened. His tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, and they said, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Here ends the reading. So I'm going to start with a perhaps heretical notion. Jesus didn't know everything. Could perhaps be heretical, but I I think this passage begs that question. Because we believe that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, but we don't necessarily, you don't see that belief coming into play until after his death and resurrection. And so, especially as as a fully human person, we we could begin to ponder, can Jesus change his mind? Right? Because we often, we often think about God and we think that God doesn't ever change God's mind. God, isn't, God doesn't ever move in different directions. But in the Old Testament, we have a couple passages. One where Moses challenges God and it seems like God shifts God's position on something. But I know many of us were probably taught that you know, Jesus, just like God, who is God, is all-knowing and all-powerful and, and, and all of that. But just, just for a moment, and hopefully I don't get kicked out of the church for this, um, you know, let, let's, let's entertain this thought that, that Jesus didn't know, didn't know everything. Because it seems like as he, as he comes into this Gentile territory, and so I hope you understand, right, there, there's, just, there's Jewish territory and there's Gentile territory. Just like still today in cities, there, there are places where certain people live and where, where certain other people live, right? 
There, there, there's, there's certain people live down on River Road. Other certain people live on the south side. Other certain people live here in these different neighborhoods, right? We, we can characterize neighborhoods. So, and countries, of course. And so here, he says, they, they, it's more of a Gentile territory. So there are fewer Jewish people there, though we're assuming that there are Jewish people there as well. And they're in... Um, they're actually in Phoenicia. They're actually moving toward Phoenicia, which is, which is, which is toward the Mediterranean Sea, um, northwest of where Jesus was born, or northwest of Nazareth, where, where, where his family um, is located. And so this woman is of Syro-Phoenician origin, and so that, so that makes her a little bit more of a foreigner. But we believe the Syro-Phoenicians, were, most of them were actually quite wealthy, and that they probably used the Jewish people as, as laborers, or, um, you know, or workers on their property. That's, at least that's some of what, what we think we know about them. But they're Gentiles. They're not included in the Jewish family. And, up, and so up to this point, uh, in, the, in, in Mark anyway, uh, there's been no reaching out, if, if I remember correctly, there's been no reaching out to anybody but other Jewish people. So Jesus encounters this woman and she comes on behalf of her daughter. She's not coming for herself. She's coming on behalf of her daughter. And she says, my daughter has an unclean spirit. And here it gets translated demon, but unclean spirit. There's something wrong with her. And so, and so he comes to her because he's trying to hide out, but he can't. Um, and, and he comes to her, or she comes to him. And this is a big no-no as well. Right? Women aren't supposed to come unaccompanied. Gentiles aren't supposed to talk to Jews. Women aren't supposed to talk to men. With, right? I mean, it's, in some cultures, it's still a little bit this way. So she's breaking a, a whole host of taboos here just to get in front of him. This is, this, is, this is sort of the mama bear, right? She's coming. My daughter has a demon. My daughter has an unclean spirit. I'm, this man can heal her. He comes to Jesus, and Jesus basically says, get out of my face. I mean, it's harsh. It's harsh. I mean, he, he, I mean, some people try to pass this off very sort of casually. If you read the commentators, like trying to make Jesus into this into a nicer guy than what we think he really is here. Like he says, he says basically, he says, "You're a dog, and 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 you don't get you don't get to eat the children's food." And the children, by the children, he means the Jewish people. Um. But Mama Bear, the Syrophoenician woman, comes back and says, Hey, buddy, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs off of the table. And I'd love to have heard how she said that. Wouldn't you? I mean, did she, did she say it quietly in that way that moms can and you know that you just did something that you shouldn't have done? Or did she look him right in the eye and let him have it? I don't know. But Jesus says, for saying that, your daughter has been healed. The demon is gone. For whatever reason, he is opened up to something that at least up to this point, he maybe didn't. The mission, the mission that he thought he was on up to that point was to the Jewish people, to his own people. And that is primarily who he, that is primarily who Jesus throughout his whole ministry ends up um, 
ends up teaching and being with. I mean, the, the people that he leaves behind, his disciples, are almost all Jewish. And so uh, that, but it seems like here he, begin, he begins to see something larger. He begins to see something larger. He is opened up. He learns from someone who is quite unexpected. Not a member of his tribe. You know, a woman. And so he, he is opened by someone that's unexpected. Because much like today in, 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 many, in many places... Um, you know, this, this thing about we don't talk to those people, we don't hang out with those people, these people are bad, that it was, it was in spades at that time in Jesus' time. Like the Jews and Gentiles just did not get along. So there's lots of xenophobia, lots of stranger phobia, lots of nationalism about your, your own people, all of that. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it takes very far for us to understand because we see so much of that, I think, on the rise again now um, around the world. And, and it should concern us. Because we can get into those places where, like Jesus, where, where we're like, oh, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't get this. You don't have a right to have this. Because we're supposed to be doing this over here. But Jesus has opened up to this very unexpected encounter to seeing the mission and the vision of God in a, in a I think, in, maybe in a bit of a different way. So then he moves on. It was right after this passage, then he, mo- he moves on. And it's interesting how they describe him going to the Sea of Galilee because if you look at the map, he sort of goes up and around. So we don't know what that's all about. But, but, so he goes, but he's still in Gentile territory. We, we, don't know if, um, we don't know if the deaf and mute man is Jewish or not. It doesn't say, it doesn't. That's what's interesting, right? Is that there's all this description of the woman and there's almost no description of the man except for his malady. What's fascinating here is that he doesn't come on his own. It says they brought him. They brought him. That, that somebody, somebody cared enough about this man to bring him to Jesus. They trusted him enough. They wanted to, to, bring, him, to bring him to Jesus. And so, and so Jesus... Uh, does something which is, is not uh, usual. Usually, usually Jesus heals, and sometimes he's not even in the room. Sometimes he doesn't really ever, and he's even standing. Sometimes he'll touch people. But, but this is almost like abracadabra. It's really, it's really sort of a strange uh, thing, but it's what he does. It's recounted very, very clearly with a lot of detail. And he sticks his fingers in his ears. He spits, and then he touches his tongue and, and says, Ephatha, be opened but I, love, but I love the sequence of this. Because it says, his ears were opened and then he was able to speak clearly. His ears were opened and then he was able to speak clearly. How many times in your life and I know many, many times in my life, my ears are closed, but my mouth is wide open. I'm not listening, but I'm talking. And what's that? There's that old joke, right? God gave us two ears and one 
for a reason. Right? Two ears and one mouth. But oftentimes we we get it we get it the other way around. I mean just turn on just you know, just turn on the news. There's a lot of this going on and not a lot of this going on. Go back to the to the part with the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus heard her. And it changed him somehow. It changed his action. What if? What if Jesus could unblock our ears to the things that we, that need, that we need to be unblocked from so that we could really hear and listen to one another? What if through the power of God our ears could be unstoppered so that we could hear and, and know the great movement of God in our lives and the possibility for the movement of God in other people's lives? What if we could begin to hear each other differently? And not just the people of this church, though that would be awesome, but the people of this city. What if we could hear each other differently? What if we could be open to the mighty acts of God that are happening all around us, that our ears would be unstoppered, our hearts would be unfettered. The ways that we divide and separate people into categories, the Syrophoenician woman. What if we were willing to let others bring us to Christ so that our ears could be open? And then... And then, after we had heard, after we had learned, after we had been open, then we could speak plainly. Speak plainly of the work of God. Of the love that God has for each and every person. What if we could do that? Presbyterians have long believed that part of the way this happens is when we sit in the position of disciple, of learner. When we sit in the position of learner, when we have our ears filled with the good news, when we have teachers who lead us, when we study the Bible, when we research and we look at the history and we, and we, tr- we bring everything to bear on that so that we can, so our minds can be reformed, so our ears can be unstoppered so that then we can speak plainly about the good news of God. We become evangelists, which are people who are bringers of good news. That's what an evangelist is. An evangelist isn't someone who's trying to get you to make a confession. An evangelist is a bringer of good news to tell you about the great things of God. And when we can speak plainly about the great things of God is only after we've heard and we've listened. And we've been changed. And so my hope and my prayer and my wish for you on this day is that Jesus would stick his fingers in your ears and he would spit and he would touch your tongue. That you might be open to every gift that God has given you in your life and to the opportunities that lay ahead. And that might come from unexpected people and unexpected places 
And I pray and I wish and I hope that you will put yourself in the position of disciple, of learner, to learn from Christ through the gift of teachers. May we all be open to hear and to speak plainly. Amen.